So when we talk about folks getting introduced now, I actually think there's never been a better time to use kind of like some of the world things and the macroeconomic things that we're experiencing on a day-to-day basis to pitch the importance of how critical it is for folks to understand supply chain. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. This is episode number 147 with Zach Greenberger. Before we get started, if you're interested in finding out how some of the leading companies of today are pairing advanced technologies with proven talent acquisition and retention strategies to build intelligent, agile, and resilient supply chains, be sure to watch this year's edition of The Economist's annual Global Trade Week event, which took place on the 27th to 30th of June. Head over to www.events.economist.com forward slash global hyphen trade hyphen week forward slash to redeem your complimentary access pass and unlock footage from all four days of the event. And if building supply chain resilience through diversity and inclusion is of interest to you, or you want to watch me do my thing on stage, check out the panels on supplier diversity and acquiring, retaining, and leveraging supply chain and procurement talent. As you know, I'm all about asking the toughest questions, and I had so much fun collaborating with The Economist and doing just that. Now it's Zach's turn, so let's get started. On this episode of Transform Talks, I'm joined by Zach Greenberger, Vice President of Strategic Business Development and Supply Chain at Lyft, to discuss all things digital transformation. As we all know, digital transformation has been a hot topic for a long, long time, but while most global businesses are actively seeking and implementing digital solutions, the pace of change and the current climate of heightened uncertainty is proving the pursuit of it a pretty complex endeavor. Drawing on his recent experiences of implementing an ERP system at Lyft, Zach will be sharing with me the key roadblocks supply chain leaders must look out for before embarking on their transformation journeys and how you can gear up the organization for change before and after tech adoption to maximize its value. Digital transformation is still an important topic, and while I've brought you many stories from different supply chain leaders, I'm super excited to hear Zach's perspective on this hot topic, but also his backstory on how he got into supply chain and his thoughts on how we can tackle supply chain's talent problem. So let's get started. Hey, Zach, welcome to Transform Talks. Thanks for being here. Hey, Maria. Thanks for having me. I'm going to jump straight in and ask you a question because I'm sure the people that are listening to this are probably wondering the same thing. When I think of Lyft, I think of amazing things. I think of a great brand, but I don't think supply chain, really. Tell me why we're talking supply chain with you. Sure. As you mentioned, Lyft is a multimodal transportation company. We are focused on building our transportation network through best-in-class technology offerings through our platform. Most folks know us for our rideshare products, which are incredibly prevalent in North America. But we are also building robust features and access to alternative transportation modes that are existing today, but also complement the future of what transportation will be. So for example, we have a robust network of bikes and scooters, we have rental cars, we have vehicle service, we have all kinds of products and services that really round out like what a user's transportation need might be on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of that has pretty robust supply chain inputs that are required in order to effectively operate the business. And you're a disruptive, new, interesting company, you know, so I think the, to be able to marry the whole idea of supply chain with a disruptive company in, in tech is pretty exciting. So why don't I ask you, I mean, usually I start with this, but I wanted to jump straight in to say, you know, to ask that question, but why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are? 
Sure. So I've been at Lyft for roughly three and a half years leading the supply chain and business development team. I've been in supply chain most of my career, highly focused on strategic sourcing, lean manufacturing, and inventory management. Prior to Lyft, I spent a few years at Tesla. And before that, I was at IBM for some time. So I've had a lot of experience with how we think about supply chain transformation and ultimately how it integrates into highly innovative companies like Lyft. So when we think about our supply chain organization overall, um, it's inclusive of everything from strategic sourcing to uh, digital transformation to supply chain equity, and then also uh, direct hardware because we, of course, are building our bikes and scooters that we have as uh, additional transportation modes part of our platform. Well, and that's the interesting thing when you said you, that you build a lot of the bikes and scooters. I mean, that's something I didn't know about you. Yeah, it's been a very unique and exciting experience for us. We've been in the space for some time and we were actually just, our new e-bike was just named one of Time 100's 2022 Best Inventions. So we're really excited for consumers to start seeing those more prevalently in market. So, okay, let's talk about transformation. Let's talk about digitization because I think... Uh, Everybody has a different definition to, for it. So what do you think? Is it digitization, digitization? What's your thought on that? To me, it means turning analog processes into digital ones by establishing master data that is kind of aggregating your information across your entire supply chain and other business activities. It is a very hot topic in the industry, and it's been talked about for years as the key to really extracting data insights from complex data sets and using those to inform business operations. So I actually think that everyone, there is like a very solid goal around it, but I do think that there is like a pretty common misconception with how complex it is to ultimately achieve those goals. Let's talk about the complexity. You know, there's so much failure. Why do you think so many digital transformation projects fail? My personal opinion is I think there's a lack of appreciation for the complexity of the process and what it takes in order to get to your end goal. So when you talk about digital transformation, you're talking about taking highly complex changes to your existing infrastructure that require concrete master data management strategy, a plan to pull in other third-party data sources like market intelligence or sales data to inform that decision-making. And the complexity grows with the size of the organization. So the larger the organization, the more complex it is to reach those goals. So in many respects... I think we've just started talking about how important supply chain leaders are to decision-making for the broader business over the past couple of years. So you couple that with this sort of multi-year cross-functional journey that true transformation takes. And I think we often just oversimplify the effort that's required in order to make digitization successful. Again, there's like a misunderstanding of what it takes to the end goal. And I really do believe supply chain leaders have a very specific vision and they know what they want to do. It's just how you get there. Do you think maybe they're not invited into the conversation sometimes or they're not part of the dialogue? Well, I do think that one of the things that at least I've uncovered during multiple supply chain transformations over my career is as your vision grows larger, it requires cross-functional inputs in a more robust way. So to the extent that you're not doing cross-functional planning with either your finance accounting counterparts or your sales counterparts in order to bring in that third-party data, the, the overall process becomes far more complex. So like, if I were to give any advice to folks that are actually pursuing digital transformation, I'd say that one of the most important factors is to make your strategy very well known throughout the entire company and understand 
what some of your requirements or roadblocks might be along the way, because you will need your cross-functional partners in order to make sure that you get to where you want to be. Do you think there's also an element of shiny object syndrome? You know what I mean? That let's implement the next tech, but like you said, without necessarily walking through the A to Z of what is going to be the whole process end-to-end to actually deliver the big project. I do think that's the case. But I also think that it's important when you think about supply chain transformation, you understand that it's not an overnight process, right? So a lot of these, a lot of these new technical solutions are incredibly innovative and they absolutely can help with transformation. But it's important to understand how introducing those technologies actually change your existing processes today. So a great example of that, and this is a use case that supply chain professionals see all the time, is introducing new tech inherently creates complexities with stakeholder UI, right? You're asking someone to work in a new system, it creates a little bit of complexity. Sometimes it reduces the level of efficiency when it was not intended to do so, right? So I do think there's a little bit of shiny object syndrome, but I also think it's important to recognize that when you think about a multi-year transformation, you're taking little steps across multiple years in order to get to where you want to be from an end goal perspective. Okay. And how do you do that in a world that is moving at such a huge pace, such a fast pace? Be patient. Recognize that you're going to run into issues as you integrate a lot of these these technologies and for the right reasons, right? I mean, part of the reason folks go through supply chain digitization or transformation is because they understand that there are issues with current infrastructure or processes today. And I think one of the things we sometimes overlook is we get uncomfortable when the introduction of new technology doesn't necessarily jive with what our historical process looks like. But then again, the reason you're changing to begin with is because you weren't necessarily doing the right things to begin with, right? I just think that patience is probably the biggest key because you're going to run into scenarios where you have to triage and you have to adjudicate issues in order to make sure that you're continuing to march towards that transformation goal. And do you think that you need to sort of look at your processes as well and reevaluate that kind of thing before you implement technology? And I mean, do you think that's something people fail at? Again, we're generalizing. No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, one, one of the things, and I've experienced this in my past before, is you get really excited about introducing new technologies because you see what the capability is and you get very excited about where your supply chain can ultimately go. Sometimes you do forget to look at your existing processes as they are today and what things actually need to be fixed in order to make sure that you can effectively integrate that technology alongside a process that makes sense. We did this at Lyft when we actually went through our ERP implementation. We were very judicious around what our existing processes look like today. What is the user experience for every stakeholder that must interact with the supply chain team? And while we go through the systems integration, how do we make sure that we are at the same time transforming those existing processes to what they need to be in order for the system to work effectively? That was hugely successful for us in making sure that we were able to launch on time and with the least amount of business disruption as possible. You can't assume there will be no disruption because you're asking someone to perform their tasks slightly differently. 
But our goal was to make it as easy as possible to facilitate the transition. Are there any things that you could share that are, I don't know, you wish you'd known before you started any in any of these transformation projects? Yeah, I kind of referenced it at the beginning. It's just so exciting to go through the transformation and you can see the impact that the teams can make over time with the new introduction of technology. So sometimes your eyes get a little bit bigger than your stomach. That's the saying, right? So I always harp on this idea of being incredibly patient and staying true to your multi-year vision because you absolutely can get in front of your skis as you start to see like the exciting things that you can do through the new technology. And if you move too fast, you might end up doing more harm than good. I want to shift gears a little bit and start talking about employees and people. We've been talking about technology. We've been talking about processes. Let's talk about a little bit about people. How do you attract supply chain people or how do you attract people into supply chain? For those of you that are not, that can't see us, uh, my guest here is of a younger generation. So how did you get into supply chain? How do you get people that are younger to come in and want to work in this space? Because we both can agree it's a very exciting space. Yeah, it's really funny because I talk about this with coworkers all the time, how we think about the introduction of supply chain as such a core component of general business operations and activities. And I think many would agree that it's probably been more top of mind over the past couple of years than ever, right? So I studied supply chain at the University of South Carolina. It was a topic that was brand new. I did not know what it was. And I think a lot of folks would agree that there was a lot of question on what the actual content would be. And I just found myself after taking some introductory classes, incredibly interested around how things are made and how you actually deliver products to people at scale. It's very easy to go to a store and buy a good that you really enjoy. And you don't really think about the level of effort and work that it takes in order to make sure that it effectively gets to the store on time. It is effectively manufactured and shipped, like working all the way back to how you ultimately see the raw materials. So I just became really interested in it. And over time, I started to feel as I was working in the space that it was becoming more and more relevant to decision-making on a day-to-day basis alongside the executive leadership team. So when we talk about folks getting introduced now, I actually think there's never been a better time to use kind of like some of the world things and the macroeconomic things that we're experiencing on a day-to-day basis to pitch the importance of how critical it is for folks to understand supply chain. When we talk about you know, macroeconomic factors that have downstream impacts on consumer spending and the economy overall, we are talking about a lot of inputs that are critical to managing an effective supply chain. And I think when you when folks actually start to realize the level of the the level of effectiveness that they can actually deliver to society by way of working in the space, I think it becomes very exciting for folks that want to have a very robust and rounded business acumen. We've all heard from younger generations, they want to serve a greater purpose. And like you very eloquently said, the supply chain function serves a very important purpose in today's world. For those of us that have been in supply chain, it's been obvious to us, but now the world is catching on to that fact. So once you attract people into supply chain, because I think that's, that's a big part, but how do you keep them engaged? How do you actually create an environment that allows these younger generations to feel that they're genuinely contributing to the greater purpose. I think you just said it. it's folks that believe that they want to have a greater purpose on business impact and actually see the results in a very tangible way. So the way that I've always thought about retention and supply chain is giving people a very wide range of things that they can work on that have varying impacts throughout the entire business. So the way that we operate our team is 
on a commodity type basis, which I think is pretty typical in the supply chain space. But a lot of those commodities have really important inputs to the effectiveness that you can ultimately see from the outside looking in. So folks that are working on maybe it's marketing spend, or maybe that they're working on sourcing IT hardware, or maybe they're working directly with our tech team and building infrastructure, they ultimately see these things play out and how the businesses run every day, right? Whether that's managing the spend effectively to hit a bottom line target, or whether that is working alongside a strategic partner that we're actually going to announce to our consumers as a new product offering. So I, I think I think folks often feel in working in supply chain that they do serve a greater purpose, mainly because they can tangibly feel the effect that they're having on the business. So we've got good people into the business. How do we get elements of diversity, equity, and inclusion into the supply chain, into the wider business? Do you have to work at it? How do you work at it? What examples can you tell me about that? This is a great topic. And what I'd start by saying is I, I'm so proud of what our team has accomplished here. In 2021, we as a supply chain organization at Lyft decided to make major investments in how we diversify the supply base. When I convened our team to talk about our strategy, the majority seemed to feel like it was important that we thought differently from how other companies have done this in the past. We, of course, are focused on traditional metrics like increasing total number of minority suppliers that are part of our supply base and, of course, increasing spend with diverse suppliers. But a big part of our focus has kind of shifted to access and mentorship. There, there, was a, there was a really interesting impact study that was written back in 2021 that really struck me and was kind of the foundation for how I built the strategy. It shared data that without concerted changes to corporate spending with diverse suppliers, status quo would take about another 333 years for minority-owned businesses to actually reach revenue parity with other companies. So if government agencies and corporate firms just increase their spend by 1% collectively year over year with minority-owned businesses, that gap would close from 333 years to 15 years. So that was such an astounding figure to our team that we designed our program around identifying solid minority-owned businesses and using our connections in the industry to give them access to other large corporations. That again speaks to what we were just talking about, which is being purpose-driven and actually showing a way that you can change the world. That's exactly right. And it's really interesting because I do believe that there is a collective desire to increase spend with minority-owned businesses. The problem is knowing which suppliers are out there. A lot of this is a knowledge gap and a knowledge-driven issue, right? So that was part of the main purpose of our goal is just how do we create maximum impact through providing access and knowledge of who is out there, who can do a great job in the same you know, the same type of deliverable that a large corporation can have, right? And when you actually give your sourcing managers access to that knowledge, it starts to change the game completely. We've already seen our spend double from our historical baseline in the last year, mainly because we just know who's out there now. And I bet you that's having a big impact on, you know, consumer demand and what your clients are thinking. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, we haven't done too much externally and talking about our program just yet, but we are really excited to because I really do think that from a supply chain equity perspective, we are thinking very different. And I would love to see other corporations adopt very similar ways of thinking about this because collectively, we actually can drive a significant amount of impact with regard to some of the gender pay and racial equity, the racial equity gap that we've seen in just like a, a revenue perspective for a lot of these minority-owned businesses. It's very enlightening to hear that you're actually taking that kind of initiative with this and more importantly, that you're succeeding and driving towards tangible results. I think that's the other thing. It's so easy to say, 
hey, we want to solve the world's problems by day X, but without measurable goals. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of companies do a lot of talking and not a lot of walking. So this is a very demonstrable way to be able to highlight the way that you're changing the whole equity gap. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think, you know, one of the things I've learned, Maria, is it kind of falls in the same light as the digitization conversation we were having around just being patient. If you have a strategy and you know the plan, you will get there. You just need to make sure that you're following it and understand that there are going to be issues along the way that you need to resolve. What's ahead for for you, for the for your company, for future of the industry? I mean, again, not a crystal ball moment. Don't worry. I'm not going to hold you to it. I'm not going to come back in 12 months and say you were wrong or you were right. But what do you think? What's ahead? Yeah. So let me first talk about supply chain. So on the supply chain side, we are going through a robust digital transformation. And I'm very excited to come back in 12 months and actually share a lot of the progress because I do think there are a lot of learnings that that I'm finding that I think will be really interesting to other supply chain leaders across the industry. I mean, there are a lot of things around the digital transformation that I think are really critical to how we think about the future of the supply chain professional moving far from like analog tactical buying to being far more strategic and way more upstream. With regard to Lyft, I mean, I I continue to be inspired every day by how we are expanding our offerings to really encompass the full end-to-end value chain of transportation. And my belief is that as we continue to progress, we are going to start to continue to see better services provided through our rideshare business, more access to bikes, scooters, rental cars, fleet management services, a lot of things that really round out everything that you need from a transportation perspective. And I look forward to sharing a lot of that progress with you in the next couple of months. Well, brilliant. What about you then? What excites you about the future besides? What about technology? Is there any new technology that you think is exciting that we should be looking out for? Yeah, so I, I actually have been pretty inspired by the level of AI that's being introduced as to supply chain technologies. As a supply chain nerd, I'd say I've always been really excited by this notion of getting folks out of the tactical game and kind of up-leveling skill set for the purposes of being highly strategic and informing executive leadership about insights that are needed to better run the business. A lot of that is hard to do when you are kind of stuck in the tactical day-to-day mundane process processy type world. So I've actually been quite inspired by AI solutions that have been introduced to help make smarter buying and uh, smarter analytics decisions. I think the question is, where do they fit on your supply chain transformation roadmap to a point where you can really start making significant impacts within the organization? Well, that's all the time that we have. Zach, I want to thank you for being here, for telling us your story. And you know what? I am going to hold you to it. In 12 months time, you and I are going to be meeting again And we are going to be discussing exactly what you've been going through. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an excellent conversation and I'm really looking forward to continuing our discussion. Yeah, I promise you, I'm going to to ask you to come back in 12 months. I hope you do. I'll be excited to share progress. Thank you so much. For those of you listening, we will catch you at the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.